Hello and welcome to Modern Intuition Podcast with your host, Olivia Scott. In this podcast, we talk all things intuition, spirituality, manifestation, and the road to uncovering soul purpose. I will be chatting with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, business owners, and industry experts to hear their road to creating success and how intuition has played into that journey. We uncover practical tools and inspiration to use in our own modern day lives to create our own version of happy, high vibration living in alignment with our true authentic self. If you love today's episode, I would love it if you would share it with a friend, leave me a review or connect with me on Instagram and let me know what you think. Hey guys, how are you? Olivia here. I hope you are doing well. I'm coming at you currently from my mum's house down south in Tierra. I've been staying down here doing lockdown here in Auckland. Well, technically not in Auckland at the moment, but I left Auckland to come and spend some time with mum while I had the opportunity to work from home and kind of just reconnect with nature and slow down. Um, since the last lockdown, life got really hectic really quickly and it's crazy because I didn't think I was going to let it happen, but it actually became pretty intense. Life became pretty stressful. So when I heard the announcement that we were going back into level three, I took the opportunity to come down here and I've really, really taken advantage of the luxury of having a lot of space and time and it's interesting because this morning I hosted uh, a workshop on journaling and I've been hosting a whole bunch of different classes and workshops over the last couple of weeks since we've gone into lockdown just via Zoom. Uh, It's been cool connecting with people all over New Zealand and I think we've had a couple of people tune in from Australia which has been awesome as well but what I was talking about in the journaling class this morning is that when we are faced with an unknown, for example, an unknown of perhaps not knowing when we're coming out of lockdown or not knowing when we're going to be seeing our family next or not knowing when we'll be able to go back to work or if we'll be able to go back to work. When we're faced with an unknown it puts a lot of space around us and all of a sudden we not only can see other ways of doing things, but it also gives us an opportunity to go, well, if I'm not, if that doesn't happen, if we're we're not eventually going to come out of lockdown tomorrow or the next day, then what are my other options and do I have a choice? And oftentimes with the unknown and what's been coming up for me recently is if I'm not going back to work tomorrow then what are my other options and and how am I also going to find new ways to make money if if I can't go back to seeing clients one-on-one and all of a sudden there seems to be a lot more opportunity and whilst in unknown times there can also be a lot of fear surrounding things for example what if I can't pay the bills or what if I can't see my family for a couple of months? On the flip side, there's a whole lot 
of opportunity all of a sudden and that can be overwhelming and what we were talking about in journaling class this morning is what is the worst case scenario what is the worst thing that can happen but then at the same time what is the best thing that can happen and and if I wasn't afraid of things going wrong then then what would I actually change or what would I do differently right now with this different perspective um and that seemed to really resonate with people this morning. So I just wanted to share that with you and and hope that that resonates or if you can take something away from that. I, I know that in the world there's a lot of change and flux and fear, but I think with change also brings opportunity to, to change things in a way that we may have felt stuck with before um, because we often don't change things when we're in the middle of life or the midst of the hustle and bustle and we don't get the opportunity to sit back and reflect. And we have that luxury right now of reflection. So for me, what that looks like is I'm making some changes in my own business to not only be able to provide content and value to people online, um, but I'm also introducing more free content because The more value I can provide to you guys during this time, the the better the community I can create. And and that means a lot to me as well, working with people who who I'm able to connect with on a daily basis is just as much for my mental wellness (laughs) as your mental wellness. So I'd love to hear what changes you guys are making or perhaps some realizations or reflections that you've been having at home as well. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to today's guest. Her name is Stacey O'Gorman and she is a beautiful soul. I met her a few months ago when she just got back to New Zealand after returning from London. She co-founded a bakery in London called the Meringue Girls and you might have heard the of the Meringue Girls because they create created quite a cult following over there. Um, she started it in her early 20s and then went on to sell it or at least sell out her portion of it to her co-founders. But in today's conversation we don't only just talk about her business trajectory and the realizations she had along the way but also what happened when she realized her marriage was out of alignment and that she needed to create some change there and Stacy and I share the similar journey of owning a food business and a retail premises early on in our 20s and what that meant for us and the realizations we had and we we share a few laughs because and that's all you can do is laugh at the mistakes you make in your early 20s and and the lessons that are learned but she also talks a lot about where that has brought her to which is her female empowerment coaching which is what she does now and she talks about how that's been a really important part of her journey and how she had a wake-up call in that area where, because of the stress, her business led her health to decline. So she talks about therapies and tools that allow her to connect to her own feminine. She shares advice on how to survive starting a business and how to learn 
about the masculine and feminine energy and how we can lean into that to connect to rituals in our own life and embracing the importance of cycles and moods. And she just shares a whole lot of street smart <laughs> wisdom that I loved. And she's just she's just so funny. I know you guys are going to really enjoy this. I um I can't wait for you to listen. If you do enjoy today's episode, please let me know. Send it to a friend or a family member you think might enjoy it. This is a time where we need to be sharing resources with each other, but also staying inspired and continually doing the tools and rituals that we know we need to keep ourselves in check. So without further ado, welcome you to, welcoming you to Stacey. Okay, welcome Stacey. Thank you. <laughs> we made it. I have tried to tee this up a couple of times and it's been my fault and this is, I think, the, well this is our second attempt, so we got there in the end. All is forgiven and forgotten. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> and I just want to say thank you for joining me because I've been wanting to chat to you for a really long time and been, have been really inspired by hearing about and reading about your journey on your website. Because I think your journey probably started, at least with business and this work, back when you were 22, were you saying? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so for those of the people, the listeners that don't know what your background is, could yes. you share a little bit about what you've been doing over the past seven, eight years? Sure. And what you're doing now? Sure. Um, so I have only recently in the last year and a half moved back to Auckland prior to that I was living in London for seven years Um, and I kind of moved to London I'd studied culinary arts and I was wanting to like explore the culinary world of um, what Europe had to offer what Asia had to offer and I was kind of planning on like chefing um, internationally like just to explore and learn well and so at that stage I was 21 um, and then I moved to London, my sister was there, so I just thought, cosy, I can go and stay with her for a little while. And I got a job, um, first as a seamstress and then as a chef um, at um, this restaurant that was just starting out in Hackney in East London. And um, that's where I met my business partner at the time. Um, and basically our head chef said to us there's this tv show that you girls should like apply for it's called cooks to market and um it's kind of like dragon's den meets the apprentice for foodies and um so did you have an idea at that stage about what you wanted to do for a business the idea spawned from coming up with an idea for the show right wow. but basically it was we were making loads of cakes at the restaurant that we were at and um at the time it was like the cupcake was this fad the macaroon was this fad like what could we bring to the table that was going to be this like new trendy sweet treat essentially yeah. so the idea of these little meringue kisses was born and they were like these just like little um rainbow sweet treats essentially yeah and so we went on with this like really like simple concept and we ended up winning our um winning the our episode on the show which enabled us to basically our prize was that we were to be stopped in Harrods which is one of um, London's like biggest department stores and did you have any resources or facilities to be creating these meringues in the business no 
So like, absolutely none. <laughs> so you had to figure out firstly what your concept was, but then also yeah. figure out how you were actually going to logistically do this. How we were going to do it. As a business. Plus all have all the like health and safety requirements and all of the like certified kitchens and like yeah. all of the like things that you need to think about in terms of like insurance and all of that absolutely stuff when you're starting out so all of that was like instantly slammed in our face and we were like okay we're gonna need like six months before we go into the store because we need to like get ourselves sorted wow so um with winning the episode yes you got an entrance entryway into harris and stopping yes. at harris did you get anything else um so that was all that we got from the show um but i was kind of um at the time my business partner who i'd started the company with she was like really good family friends with like the rick steins and the jamie olivers and like the whatnots of london (laughs) and so it ended up us starting this instagram page and the kind of infancy of instagram as well it was like we had just started out and we were instagramming these like rainbow sweet treats so that's obviously like quite a beautiful thing Mm -hmm. and so we had david loftus who's jamie oliver's photographer do our website photos for us Mm -hmm. so he posted one thing and then that kind of popped off because people knew who he was and then it was like our instagram following instantly kind of like popped off through that Mm -hmm. really amazing it was all quite like this like stream of luck <laughs> the whole thing but I mean it was like we worked really really, really hard, hard yeah but also just like I was like okay we're going here now and we're going here now I'm going on this tv show and then like yeah it was all just quite this like spontaneous like fun roller coaster journey that is amazing yeah wow yeah. So how far through the process were you when you went, oh my God, I've actually got a fully operating business we're supplying Harrods when was that moment yeah um so we didn't end up going into Harrods straight away just because of all of like the logistical things that we had to get sorted. Yeah. So initially, it's like how the process of the business worked was initially we were doing loads of street food. So at the time, the London street food like scene was popping off. Mm. So there would be like these like vibing festivals at nighttime and during the day where like all these market stalls would come together and they'd be like just drinking champagne vibes and oysters and we would have a little eaten mess stall and so that's kind of how we like started making money and then we shared a bakery space um initially with another company and then we realized okay we need like now we're in we got into Harrods and Selfridges and Harvey Nichols and Fortnum and Mason's and these other big department stores so we were like we've got to expand and have our own bakery so we um I don't know it wasn't I didn't ever really think I guess when we got an accountant, <laughs> after like a year and a half of selling the business, we were like, oh, we need to like stop putting the money in our pockets and like yeah. actually pay like pay That's always because, a reality check. <laughs> because we were 22, like 22 at the time. And so we were just kind of like, oh, and no one had no idea what we were doing. We were just like, okay, well, this is fun. Especially but, being in London, being a Kiwi girl. And yeah. I'm sure it would be all even more foreign. Even totally. More so. You don't have... Your parents there saying, oh, you need to do this Exactly. Mm. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, when we got an accountant is when I first was like, oh, this is real. This is, this is proper. Wow. <laughs> but it's a really big feat. It's one thing to one, win the show and set up a business and get into Harrods. It's another yeah. thing to take on all those other huge clients that would have yeah. actually added on a lot of 
it, it all of a sudden takes it up a notch and you're actually having to get really serious about your business and yeah. starting to scale and look at volume and suppliers and things like that. Yeah, yeah, massively. What came next after that? Um, then we got a couple of cookbooks, um, cookbook deals, which was amazing. Wow. And then um, we... Mostly our business turned into like a corporate catering business because that was like where the money was at. Um, So we were doing like big fashion brands and doing like giant crates of like, we diversified from just meringues to like rainbow natural sweet treats essentially. And so we, we would do these like giant crates of like rows of like rainbow sweet treats and as well as like press gifting. So we would do like the press gifting for like Stella McCartney and (laughs) Chanel and like yeah so it was it was hectic and so they would come to us with these briefs of like how can we how can you do something like bespoke for us and Mm. we did like um big murals and like um one time we did this like edible hotel that was like in the central Soho and like yeah it was crazy it was like a crazy creative rainbow Right. <laughs> dream. A dream. Yeah, it was a dream. When when things are going well and you just are getting opportunity after opportunity, you're almost yeah. like, I just need to surf this wave totally. and keep saying yes to these things because yeah. the business is going in the right direction. It's just having everything underneath that, the processes yes, and the, I guess, the team and the staff to support you to be able to ride the wave. And yeah. so over the course of six or seven years... Where did it end up and how did you, what was your decision to leave it? Yeah, um, so basically within the last kind of year to year and a half of working in the business, um, I started to get like not well in terms of my mental health. So I would like start getting really, really like anxious every time I would go to work. So I would start thinking about the 30 to 40 emails that I'd be Mm. coming to work with that would be these huge massive briefs for these clients that I just was like oh there's just so much to do and I feel as if it's become all like this generation of like um kind of go 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 make the money like get it did Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and it kind of lost that fluidity and like creativity in a Mm. sense and we were kind of streamlining everything and I just Mm. kind of felt a little bit like (gasps) like my my um my hormonal health had started flaring up my endometriosis was like at its like worst Mm. had like acne all over my neck um I was like debilitatingly exhausted Mm. I was anxious it was just a lot Mm. and I just started looking into how to heal myself naturally I was also taking a lot of drugs at the time and partying a lot and Mm. it was like London in my 20s so it's like Mm. you're going hard it comes with it yeah Mm. it comes with it so there's so many like external stresses as well as what's going on in your business and also I in that process of running the business I always or I also got married at 22 yeah Girlfriend. Yeah, like I got married. Every single thing that could be going on is going on at intensity. Yeah, at intensity. I don't do things in the house. No, clearly not. <laughs> I mean, it works out for you. Yeah. So. Maybe not health To a point, yeah. 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 Um, 
Yeah, so things just seem to be funny in my relationship, funny in my relationships with my friends, funny in my business. I just, I wasn't in a good space. Um, and so I needed to start looking at myself and looking at the ways in which I was treating my body. Um, so there was a real turning point on like, okay, I'm not okay and I need to actually start looking after myself um, and get off this like hamster wheel of life, which I'd been like, sprinting on for like the whole of my 20s mm. yeah um do you think there was like a rock bottom moment there was, was yeah there was definitely a moment of like like a rock bottom moment of like i'm not happy like it was like i'm kind of depressed actually and i can't pinpoint like the exact moment apart from like when i what like first separate like had a separation our first separation mm. me and my ex-husband and i was like <gasps> And then I just, I just knew I wasn't happy in my skin anymore. So it wasn't like this one particular moment. It was kind of like a, a year of like this discomfort, mm. I guess. Um, and especially thinking like looking from the outside, everyone's like, oh my God, you're doing so well. Oh my mm. God, you must be so happy. You and Brady, you, like you and your husband are so cute. And I'm like, yeah, yeah it must look like that. But yeah. I'm not actually. Yeah. yeah. It's hard. Mm. Um, and so... Then I started researching how to heal myself naturally and I started reading this, I got into yoga and I was doing that for just like exercise and then I realized the profound effect that that had on um, my health, my mental health, just like actively breathing for an hour and being like not really putting two and two together but then being like whoa I feel real good after that yoga yeah. class and then that kind of led me on to okay, I need to be doing more like yin-based activities. So yeah. yoga, yin yoga um, was really good. And then I started reading this book called Woman Code and that yeah. kind of like... Great book. Great book. I'll add that in the show notes. Absolutely. Yeah. That book um, was like such a pivotal moment for me because it started talking about um, masculinity and femininity and how we've all got both within us and how women in today's society are on this like hamster wheel of like kind of almost this like unhealthy masculine and we've like neglected our femininity and mm. um it just spoke to me it was like this light bulb light bulb intuitive moment of like mm. like that has just like pierced me to my core like I've never heard about this concept before mm. um so that was like I guess like four or five years ago four years ago now yeah and it was like I need to follow my feminine flow. This is what I've been neglecting. I've just been this like, I don't know. And then I, that was that day I read that and I didn't even talk to my husband. I just went straight to work and I just said to the girls, I'm going to follow my feminine flow and I'm leaving the business. So we need to put things in place so that I can exit. Yeah. And I need to just go traveling for a year and just like be free. Wow. So it was like a penny drop. It was a penny drop. Because it can be yeah. really hard to let go of that control when yeah. that control has been what's kept us in feelings of safety or security for so yeah. long. So that would have been scary. Yeah. How did it feel? It wasn't scary because it was such an inner knowing. Mm. It was like I was like suddenly fearless. Mm. I just knew that I couldn't continue going on the way that I was going. So it was like it didn't feel it was like something it wasn't me it was like something came over me yeah. and it was like this yeah I can't explain it it was like <laughs> the 
like a, a fucking moment of clarity, like a spiritual wow. awakening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so what did that look like? What happened next? So um, I also wanted my business partner. She'd had a baby. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that she could have a like big holiday before mm. I left. And like it was all kind of fair and everyone was like taken care of. Mm. So it was about six months to eight months, I think, mm. after that kind of like um, intuitive moment mm. came that... I was able to leave, I got my husband at the time on board and we were like, we're gonna go traveling the world and we just got measures in place so I could do that. Mm -hmm. And my goal was to be able to sell the business as a whole, mm -hmm. um, but we weren't all in alignment with that. Mm -hmm. That was my ultimate goal because that's how we all would have got the most money from it. Absolutely. Um, but my business partner at the time wasn't ready to let it go, but there was, it was a bit, yeah, I mean, it was like an interesting time. It's challenging when money gets involved with something that yeah. you have so much passion into because it's hard to monetize that. It really is. And also it's difficult when you're in partnerships and you've all got different kind of ideas and it's equally all your baby. Yes. So there's a lot of navigation in that. That was a real like learning mm. for me. What actually. do you think you learned the most? Communication and putting my emotional like fiery nature to the side and looking at it as a business transaction mm -hmm. is really important when you're having those conversations because a lot of the time it would be like like you were with a child it's like your mm -hmm. business it's your baby like you get real heated and often mm -hmm. that so for me there was so much resentment there for a long time and that actually really was like massively impacting my health mm. just holding on to like storing that energy mm. um so just communicating speaking my truth and and sleeping on it before I do that in a way that is like so communicating it in a way that is um productive and um constructive yeah yeah it can be hard to set emotion aside from business decisions yeah and I think oftentimes, and I can relate to this too, going through the motions of letting go of a business that you've stayed mm. up till two o'clock in the morning, endless nights of, you know, planning, researching, yeah. menus, whatever laborious tasks that you yeah. poured your heart and soul into over the course of your business. And then at the end of the day, it just comes down to a number and you can't put money on that I hard know. earned work. I know. Um, and there can be um, mm. resentment if it's not the number that you were yeah. had in mind or yeah. you thought that would be worth it eventually. I think often with when we're building our businesses and brands, we think one day this is going to all be worth it and my hard work will be yeah. paid off. And then yeah. it is sort of a reality check to go, actually, what about you just do it for the love of it in the moment, yeah. but then actually say no when you're done so that it isn't going to kill you in the yeah. meantime. Yeah. You know. But it's tricky, and these are the things we learn, I think, in hindsight. Totally. Do you think in hindsight you would do anything differently now? I've reflected a lot on this, um, especially coming into business again now and um, noticing, like, old triggers come up for me, I guess, in, in business. And mm. I've, like I said, just, like, communicated more. Also just, like, owning my 
involvement and, and my power in it a lot more. I think I kind of felt a lot of like obligation throughout it. It's very relatable though. Yeah. I guess it's like, it's like owning, yeah, owning my power in it and speaking my truth mm. were two big ones. Mm. And maybe um, being very, very aware of the people. And, oh, I feel funny saying that as well, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. That you're going into business yeah. with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's very relevant too. Yeah. Um, and it does make you, I think it can be really exciting. Mm. The idea of business is exciting. The idea of going into business with someone you know and a friend is exciting. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you have to really think about yourself and what you need. Yeah. And sometimes it does have mean having some hard conversations and going, sorry, you're not actually going to be the right business partner for me yeah. or this isn't the right situation. It has to feel yeah. right. It has to feel good. But it also... I think there is something to it and I think in the early days sometimes it can be easy to get swept up with the idea of a business and Mm. therefore just starting it. Mm. But thinking about what you might like it to look in five years time actually dictates how you would start things and oftentimes working backwards from where you would like to be in five years time Mm. is actually going to be a lot more firstly strategic but also thinking about your future self and you do things, you would do things differently and get less excited about the positive emotions or how things um how you would like to see the business looking or perceived in the early days as Mm. opposed to actually going strategically maybe it's better just to wait be patient work on this work on the foundations first Mm. before springing right into action I don't know if that makes sense no it it totally does (laughs) it totally does it totally does I think yeah that's a that's a big one for any of my future projects, I'm definitely like, I take things a lot more into consideration, mm. I think, than I once would have because I was just like, YOLO. Mm-hmm. This is all happening. Like, <laughs> surely this is the right path. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think we were just talking about this before the recording is just that kind of youthful naivety and taking risks that you may not have taken a little bit later on. Yeah. And that actually working in favor sometimes. Because you do have less to lose when you're younger and you've got more time up your sleeve to to muck things up. Yeah. I do think, in, upon reflection of business journeys so far in my life, I do think getting into things early on and failing earlier yeah. and learning lessons earlier is going to make um, more sense than waiting until you are ready. Yeah. I do think just throwing yourself in the deep end. Yeah, agreed. actually agreed. is when the best lessons come. Yeah. But then there's no right or wrong either. Like, for example, in your position with starting your business, you guys did have to figure it out as you went. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes that's the only way to learn Mm. too. Because no one could have told you how to do your business, except for you. I know. Mm. Yeah. And each business is so unique as well in what Mm. they're offering. And, um, yeah, you kind of want to create your own, like, values within your business. And so, yeah... It was all very spontaneous and magical and wonderful. And I look back on it now and I'm like, wow, what an amazing blessing and like life that I've lived with that. And like so many lessons learned mm. and um, so grateful mm. for it. You should be so proud yeah. of yourself. It's definitely like 
helped shape the woman that I am today. And you don't know how you will use all of those tools you've learned. Yeah. You're still yeah. so young and yeah. you don't even know perhaps yet. Thanks, Han. <laughs> <laughs> you are and you don't, know how, you don't know how you'll use all of that in the future. Mm. You know what? You don't know how sometimes you just don't know mm. why you've learned things until you need to use them again. Big time. What are perhaps the biggest takeaways up until just from that business because I want to yeah. get into what you're doing now yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah what do you think the biggest takeaways from that journey has been perhaps advice you would give to someone as well who was thinking about starting a business but is yeah. perhaps a little scared to jump in yeah uh I think the biggest takeaway actually has been um to really become aware of your like working capacity and your like work-life balance, I think, um, and making sure that you're nurturing all of the sides of yourself whilst you're also in like creating this magical new business because it can become all-consuming and it became my life and I neglected myself and my health in the process of that. So bringing in balance, bringing in time for play, bringing in time for romance and Mm. for freedom and creativity and like all of the things and not letting this one thing define who you are or like shape your like individuality because it's, you're so much more than just your business. Mm. And I got really caught up in the identity of what that business meant for me and it kind of shaped who I thought I was and I've spent the last like three years kind of unpicking that Mm. yeah which has been awesome as well it's been an amazing journey just that Mm. in itself but um yeah like absolutely just going for it but also looking after your body your Mm. sweet sweet body Mm. because at the end of the day that is all we are is our bodies yeah (laughs) and everything external is just external we're the ones that have to live inside our bodies at totally no matter what happens outside of ourselves you answered that really beautifully and vulnerably Mm. thank you and Mm. i think a lot of people could probably relate to that even not even owning a business Mm. just identity in general and forgetting Mm. that we aren't whatever external whatever our job is or however we choose to believe what identity is it actually Mm. is at the end of the day giving space for ourselves to just be and that is enough yeah it always is enough yeah um thank you so you went traveling and (laughs) i could you just share a little bit with everyone what you're doing now yeah yeah totally and we'll kind of get into how you got got there cool yes <laughs> cool so now i am i'm doing a eclectic bunch of things actually but um the one thing that i'm focusing on right now is i've started doing um coaching feminine well-being coaching which is kind of all encompassing of the things that i've learned in the last 10 years of my life mm-hmm. um and all my learnings from sort of sexuality and yoga and mindfulness and embodiment and um, that kind of coming out of your head and into your body. Um, and yeah, that's kind of just happened in the last couple of months I've started mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
there's that and then I'm also um, in the process of um, opening up a new business called The Village which mm -hmm. is going to be a co-working and community space that's very women forward um, but open to everybody um, and I've um, my involvement in that is more of like a um, a silent partner but also helping a little bit with the wellness side of things so um, cool and so needed in Auckland yeah and just to clarify to everyone you're back home in Auckland now yes living here I'm here and the village is something I've actually signed up to it Ooh, so I'm gonna be a member yeah, so I'm girl. really excited about that and, yeah. yeah and what I loved about it was that there was a wellness focus because mm. I think that is definitely so needed in Auckland is that wellness community yes. sorry we're well, bringing it together at least in one space because mm. there is a wellness community but there's no central hub for it totally mm. yeah so yeah. congratulations on that because that's you. huge thank you um, and tell me a bit more about your coaching so how in what capacity is it one-on-one -on -one or is it group workshops how does it show up uh currently it's one-on-one -on -one. um as i said it's it's been going for no more than two months mm. it was like birthed from covid mm. um and having the spaciousness because i've been doing food styling food writing um which i also did in london um at the same time as doing moran girls so that's kind of been all consuming for my time mm. and so covid i just couldn't obviously do that and mm. then i finally had the chance to kind of be like what is my purpose on this planet and ultimately it was like the biggest thing that came to me was like helping and supporting women to come into their like freedom and um like creative playful femininity within mm. themselves because that's been my journey and I want to share that amazing um so I've always been fearful to step into that space because I was like I kind of felt like imposter like I don't know enough about this I haven't done like a feminine well-being degree but I was like I've done I spent so much money on my freaking like journey over the last like five years I've spent tens of thousands of dollars on courses of yoga teacher trainings on um on embodiment workshops and sexuality trainings and all of that and I just thought now's the time to step into that space more than ever because um I think it's really needed and people finally have the downtime to kind of look at themselves and um it happened really organically so yeah right now I'm doing one-on-one -on -one, but um I'm just going to allow it to go in any direction that it kind it goes. of goes amazing yeah. and so what would it look like to have a one-on-one -on -one session with you what sort of things would we talk about what sort of things would you help with yeah so it's actually interesting I've got a variety of different clients and they're all after different things but the general the general how I've like narrowed it down is ultimately people that are looking to have more self-awareness mm. or are struggling with self-love or self-love practices or want to incorporate more of that into their lives so um it's anything from struggling or um having like hard times in your relationships or breakups it's anything from um wanting to lead more of a purpose-fueled business it's anything from not feeling like juicy or like feeling like you've got a lack of libido and wanting to like be more in your pleasure and your mm. sensuality, um, more in your femininity, um, how to just step more into like pleasure and mm. fluidity and creativity. Mm. Um, and the sessions generally look like um, dropping in, doing like 
the actual like um, a drop-in meditation with me and then we'll do some like talking and like mm. what's on top and then um, it's lots of like actual practical tools to how to work yeah. through and um, step more into your power and your freedom mm. yeah. oh, I love that yeah. and you're right it is so needed mm. and I think I don't know who said this. I think it was my friend Yelena, who was also, she's a Kundalini teacher. Mm. And she was saying, you know what? It's not about how many certifications you have, not how many degrees you have or mm. whatever it is. It's actually your intention. And if your intention is pure and that you're facilitating healing, yeah. what you have allowed to put firstly learned and healed within yourself, that is enough. Yeah. Because that's going to help people. And if people are drawn to you, for that's for a reason. Totally. And just to totally. trust that. And that actually is enough. And then your skills and your tools and your trainings, yes, that's great as well, mm, especially for mm. layering into your business. And that's what will draw people in is is that, but also is who you are. And then when you walk the talk, people yeah. want to know what you've got to share. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> totally. Um, and that just that applies for everything. When you walk the talk, mm. people, go, people go, what do they know that I don't know? And like, how can I learn that? Mm. So congratulations also on starting that business. Birth from COVID. It's amazing what yeah. was birthed through COVID. Yeah, magic. Magic. <laughs> um, and would you mind sharing perhaps three of your favorite tools to mm. help people perhaps connect back into that more sexually empowered place or more mm. feminine place? Totally. I'd love to. Um, for me, uh, one of the biggest tools that I use is. Um, is dropping into like some form of like dance expression so mm. it's like no matter what mood I'm in like just actually physically moving my body so if I'm feeling like any kind of anxiousness or um, rage or whatever it's like popping on whatever tune is my vibe at the time and then just like actually like coming into my body and like moving through it mm. um, so anyone dance is one that. anyone can do that but it's so scary mm. to do it and I for one totally understand and resonate with that scariness because I was like oh I feel like such a weirdo doing this because I've spent my whole life thinking that like I don't know you're uncomfortable in your body and you're always mm. looking at how other people are dancing or comparing or whatever mm. and it's like the practice of actually just closing down your eyes and not giving a fuck about what you look like and mm. just actually feeling your body and feeling the places in which you're storing energy that can be released through movement mm -hmm. is really amazing. Um, so mm. that's one of one of my big ones. Another one is emotional release. So, um, so say I'm feeling like a lot of rage, which is a new feeling for me. Mm. <laughs> Embrace that. But I am embracing it. Up for a and <laughs> yeah, so a lot of rage and um, a way that. I am able to express that which is also it's like I think we all just as a side note I think we a lot of the time look at femininity as this like beautiful angelic like maiden like creature and actually femininity is like is is embodying all of these different archetypes it can look anything from this like raging wild woman mm. to like this like soft like you know like cute woman to like this like slutty like owning her sexual power Absolutely. to like you know this like real powerful boss babe you know it can yeah. be so many elements it doesn't need to look a particular way yes. so owning that so That's in right. terms of the rage it's like 
often I'll just like get a pillow and I will just like punch the living daylights out of it or (laughs) I will scream from my belly like it's like it's like belly screaming so I'm like intentionally like into a pillow and like yeah Sometimes I'll have a tantrum on the ground. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> like, I get expressive. Yeah. All of these primal expressions yeah. that we are too afraid to do yeah. anymore. Yeah. I just have to add here as a side note. Yes. The screaming. I scream in my car while I'm driving. Nice one, home. <laughs> yes. Because I, I mean, and I just wanted to say that for anyone listening who perhaps lives at home with family or friends or flatmates or whatever, mm. and they're like, God, I would be mortified if I was... You wants to hear me. Yeah. But if you need a private place, driving around your, your car, car screaming, turn the music up top really tip. loud. So get on the motorway or something, and no yes. one even knows. It is the best feeling ever, especially when you put on something like oh really gosh. angry or yes, Rage Against Machine. Yeah, there we go. I fucking love it. I do exactly the same. <laughs> yes. It's good. It's great. Yes. It's amazing how how um, relieved you feel afterwards or just that mm. feeling of satisfaction of just releasing energy or pent-up energy. And sometimes you don't even know how badly you need to scream until you start mm. or, or cry or whatever it is. Totally. Mm. Totally. It, like, unlocks things that you're like, whoa. Where it did started that come off from? Suddenly, like, I was angry and then now I'm, like, bawling my eyes out with sadness. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what was being, like, pushed down. And actually it's, like, this, like grief that you've suppressed but you didn't realize it you just thought it was this so it's like just letting it flow Mm. and like powerful yeah it's full power Mm. um and just what you were saying about the archetypes too and i think that it is so common that we we've been perhaps conditioned to feel that feminine is only one type of archetype Mm. and maybe for us it our archetype looks like the sweet girl is feel it, it feels feminine to us but in fact it can be the slutty girl or mm. or the maiden or whatever mm. it is that wants to come out and that and just thinking about how we can actually show up in that in our daily lives and those different expressions and what it feels like because sometimes it's surprising how much we actually want to show up as a different archetype mm. but we've actually mm. just been keeping our feminine energy to one way or totally. one expression totally mm. yeah and there's so much fear around expressing our femininity and its full force because so much of it in our society has been like shunned for being way too much. It's like, you're too much. Like, whoa, that girl's slutty. Like, oh my God, did you hear what so-and-so did? That was so slutty. It's like, go girl, get it. Yeah. And also like, what? (laughs) All that's coming from is like a projection of not expressing that within yourself. Absolutely. And, yeah, like, you know, this, like, ugliness and this, like, wild primal nature, it's, like, why are we so afraid to be, like, just in our, like, ugly wildness? Raw. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of it so often of the time. I'm like, mm, how do I look today? <laughs> and, like, you know, there's, there's beauty in that as well. And, like, you know, taking the time to, like, like do yourself up and like put on beautiful things and like you know feel good in your body but there's also a space for like yeah being letting it hang out and being seen in that Mm. by the people that you love Mm -hmm. and um yeah that's right and being seen in that is actually what is really healing what Mm -hmm. we that healing occurs is being seen and it being safe because Mm. we 
we don't because we do we don't think we're going to be safe there but we are we always mm. are safe and being seen and held in that light in that space as mm. that as that person that we are is where the healing occurs mm. Mm. amen sister yeah yeah so what is the third tool you would like to share? I'm trying to think what's my most important of the last. Um, I think for me, meditation is something that I do every single morning as I wake. And the feminine aspect of that, because that can be quite masculine actually meditation, but the feminine aspect is the kind of ever-changing nature of, of the meditation that I'm doing. So often it will be, um, it will look like 10 minutes in the morning of um, listening to a guided meditation from someone like Tara Brack or mm. um, or Sarah Blondin who's like mm. my goddess queen. Love Sarah Blondin. Guru. Guru. <laughs> I love her. I reckon. Her. Yeah. <laughs> I'm obsessed with her. Yeah. Um, very raw actually. Very raw. raw. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Insight timer. I will put her in the show notes. Yeah, Mm. show notes. Definitely. She's Mm. a queen. And so sometimes it's that. I wake up and I'm in that mood. Or I wake up and I'm feeling um, um, a little bit of overwhelm or um, anxiety or something. And then I'll do 10 minutes of like a Wim Hof, which is like, Mm. you know, like quite deep um, breath work. Mm. Or sometimes I'll wake up and I'll just turn the music on and... um, and just close my eyes and like just come into my body and just like do, maybe do a bit of movement without any kind of guidance. Mm. Um, so meditation is a real big one because it just instantly, no matter what you're feeling in the morning, it's like instantly brings you into the, this kind of, for me anyway, a place of grounding before mm. I kind of step out into the world. Mm. Um, yeah, um, but as women, I've also found that like my mood can chop and change like from from out minute to minute hour to hour day to day especially with like being a cyclical being it's Mm -hmm. like for example right now I'm just about to get my period Mm -hmm. and the things that the practices that would work for me maybe when I'm ovulating don't work the same for me when I am just about to menstruate Mm -hmm. because I'm all of my all of my like emotions are so much more on top and raw and heightened so it's like sometimes I'll have to do like five of my feminine practices to actually like be able to ground myself before I can actually step out into the world Um, and then sometimes you know it's like five minutes so it's just like Mm. navigating where you're at and also just an acceptance of that an acceptance of the roller coaster because Mm. that is what we are as feminine creatures it's like we are these like ever-changing ever-evolving like emotional beautiful Mm. wild irrational Mm. (laughs) like beings and that's fucking awesome Mm. how amazing to feel the feels it's so true yeah and accepting that is the first part isn't it yeah is realizing we're not gonna wake up feeling the same wanting to do the same things every morning exactly yeah and it's okay to not feel okay and it's okay to not want to do the things that usually make you happy totally Mm. yeah totally yeah i love that yeah well that gives it actually gives a good context what does um spirituality mean for Mm. you what is how do you connect to that i was so put off by the word for so much of my life because i was forced to go to um 
church until I was 15. My dad was is Irish Catholic, and I, so I went to church every Sunday. And I hated it. And so anything remotely spiritual or religious was just like a no-go for me until like maybe the age of 26. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I started kind of looking within. Um, 27, 26, yeah. And... I don't know, I think spirituality for me, I don't really use that term so much, it's more like, um, I guess finding my center and and following my intuition and like listening and like slowing down and having this like ultimate understanding that um like there's so much more than just this just me in this body like we're just like it's just like yeah life is um is is a huge mystery and is the only thing that we can know for certain is that it's constantly not in our control yeah we can never keep up with it we'll yeah never be able to so just i'm learning slowly it's a constant struggle to mm. just like surrender to that knowing mm. but some days i forget mm. and i think it's all about me and the world is over and <laughs> it's the most dramatic thing in the world <laughs> hey that's very real yeah and that's just embracing yeah. who we are as human yeah. beings yeah totally um so what does intuition feel like for you mm. So intuition for me is um, this like this kind of inner compass or this like inner knowing, and for me, it's this feeling of ease and fluidity within my body if I'm following my intuition, and if I'm not, it's like this retraction or this like tightness or um, this kind of resistance to the flow mm. so yeah like practically physically in my body it's like okay I'm not listening I'm not I'm not tapping into what my body's asking of me or into the inner, inner guidance practically that looks like I'm literally like quite hunched in my body and my stomach feels kind of like a little bit sick and tight and my like chest is kind of like hunched and like my heart feels a bit closed mm. Um, mm, yeah, full body it's a body reaction for me. Yeah. And then if I'm, if I am following my intuition, it's like a sense of expansion. It's like definitely, f- it's like the scary route a lot of the time yeah. to follow your intuition. But the more that you don't listen to it, or the more that I don't listen to it, sorry. Um, just the longer I'm putting myself through the suffering mm. of what's inevitably going to happen anyway, I'm just taking the longer route. So it's like, may as well listen. Mm. <laughs> Although that's the hardest thing to do a lot of the time. Definitely. You know it's wrong. My body always just physically shows up with something if it's wrong. Mm-hmm. So for example, with the meringue girls, and I knew it was wrong for ages, it's like my body physically reacted and like my endometriosis flaring up and my, my physical acne on my face and the exhaustion. Mm. And um, like... In relation, in like relationships I've had when I've known that I've, when I've known that they've been wrong, 
or like a, a sexual relationship with someone and like as an example things like UTIs show up mm. or things like I don't know it's it's like for me anyway yeah. personally there's there's always some kind of like Signs. oh something's kind of out of alignment you need to come back and and um just realign yes. yeah yeah Interesting too what you just said, and I'd never have really dived into this. Mm. But the fact that it doesn't go away when you yeah. when you don't listen to your intuition and it's kind of nagging, it doesn't go away. It just stays there, and not, if not, it gets louder and louder yeah. until you actually do. And sometimes <laughs> something really something something has to happen for you to go, okay, I can't ignore you anymore. Yeah. Actually, and, and you're right. I mean, intuition is it never is the easy version. Mm. In fact usually often always the hardest route mm. but um the more we ignore it yeah the more it just continues to show up yeah and i do think in physical ways too like yeah. said, especially with our physical bodies mm. our bodies are such indicators of what's right or wrong yeah so what would you do just to just to wrap things up if you are experiencing a rut or you're having yeah bit of a rough time what do you do to check back in with yourself what tools do you use Mm. so for example um yesterday was actually a really rough day for me Mm. and it is I'm sure for the collective right now Mm. because there's so much going on and I noticed myself waking up and feeling a lot just feeling a lot Mm. I'm a sensitive being I'm literally just on the brink of getting my period Mm. and there is so much chaos going on in the world Mm. and I was having all these conflicting thoughts about oh my gosh I don't want to be this person that's going into this being like I'm so overwhelmed this is too much for me you know and making it about me and then feeling guilt around that Mm. and it was just all a lot and Mm. I just woke up and I just thought you know what today I'm just going to give myself the space to feel. And, you know, I got up. I did my meditations. I did my dance. Mm. I went to a spin class. Nice. I, like, ate some delicious <laughs> food. I danced around my room. I was like, how can I shake this off? Like, yeah. <laughs> And I did all the things. And then I still felt not great. And usually those tools work, like, instantly for yeah. me. I'm like... I am good, honeys. Like, yeah. let's get this day going. <laughs> but it was just too much. It was too much. And I just thought, I'm just going to feel it and, like, actually just sit with this and, like, know mm-hmm. that that's okay and, like, stop trying to push it away for today and just sit in it and know that I've done my best to, like, have some self-responsibility and, like, do use the tools that I've got to help me out of this and actually what's screaming at me more than anything is just to slow down and mm. to give myself the love and um and time that it needs to process mm. and like just sit in it really mm. and I did that and um I've yeah woken up today feeling completely different and like expansive because I gave myself the time sometimes you need a couple of days to do that sometimes mm. you need a week it's just like tuning mm. in um tuning in but also as a what I've realized is coaching other women it's really important for me to um and I actually think this for everyone to have someone that they can talk to as well outside of their friendship groups or their family um to just have a sounding board Mm -hmm. and someone that can like help them or just yeah hear what's on top so it's like Mm -hmm. you've got a space to like 
express that and you're still maintaining like beautiful um realness with all your friends and yeah family around you and not like offloading everything it's nice to do that from time to time but also just taking responsibility for actually paying for someone to help you with that as well is a huge one that's huge and do you have someone you can do that with yes yeah yeah i've got a magical lady but i've had multiple multiple different people along the way yeah lots of teachers lots of um a variety of therapists a variety of coaches Mm. so it's whoever's right for you at the time but i found it's always like a really like beautiful and also a lot of the women um in the industry that I like look up to and admire they've all got their people and I'm just Mm. like it is absolutely fundamental to I would say everyone to have that sounding board if you've got the privilege to be able to have that obviously Mm. um because it's like going to the gym for your physical health like Mm. that's how I see it that's my mental health it's like I'm going to the gym for my physical health, so I'm just, I need this for my mental health. Hell yes. Yeah. Yeah, 100% agree <laughs> yeah. with you. And I also love what you said about feeling the feels. Mm. Because I think it's sometimes it can be, we get so used to wanting to feel the good feels that we push away the bad feels. Totally. And it's just as important to feel the bad ones. If we want to feel the good ones, yeah. because the bad ones bring the good ones, but the good ones yeah. will also bring the bad ones, and just yes. sitting in that is what we often need. Totally. But also someone, like you said, to hold space for us, to explore our own feelings, Yeah. especially if we're the types of people who are good at holding space for others. Yeah. We need to do that. Yeah. We all need to do that for ourselves, too. It's totally. Just as much, if not more important, like you said, in physical health, it's a form of self-care. If yeah. we have the privilege of doing, yeah. doing so. Mm, thank yeah. you so much, wisdom. I feel like I could chat to you all yeah, day. Girl. Where can we find you? What is your Instagram yes. handle, website? Yes, yes, yes. So Instagram handle is Stacy Gorman. Um, so that's S T A C E Y dot O dot Gorman. What does the O stand for? Uh, it's O Gorman is my last name. O Gorman. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I was thinking yeah. like, is it Ophelia? Because I, no. I, I love I love O names. I'm no. just curious. O Gorman, honey. So S T A C E Y dot O dot G O R M A N. No one's gonna have to get that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Good. See what I did there. <laughs> And um, what else? My website, which is a work in progress because actually it was quite like food styling orientated. So now I'm kind of evolving that at the moment. But that's www.staceogorman.com. Amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. And it's been actually, you're so welcome. It's been a treat to do this outside and I hope you guys aren't annoyed by the birds. We've got um, a lot of wildlife out here in the backyard, but we were... I was saying to Stacey, I feel like if Oprah can do it, I can do it. If Oprah's doing it, we all need to be jumping on that. We all need to get on that, yeah. I mean, you can't say no to a bit of a bird song. You cannot. You cannot. Thank you again, my dear.